Let me ask you a question. Do you guys think that the 49ers can go back to the Super Bowl? And is Kansas City the new dynasty? <gasps> hey everyone, my name is Ashley Gibbs and I'm your host of another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. That's right, here we discuss everything NFL football related from the players to the game, to the injuries, to even the contracts. So sit back, listen in from a female perspective who secretly loves the game. And let's dive into this conversation and get started. It's episode three, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back with Not Your Average Cheerleader. Again, I'm your host, Ashley Gibbs, and we're going to talk today about, of course, where the 49ers have what it takes to go back to the Super Bowl. And whether Kansas City's the new dynasty, we'll just touch on that briefly. That's been, you know, brought up in conversations. So I'm really curious to see and hear, you know, my own thoughts because I haven't really heard anything from you guys as of yet. But I will, maybe one day soon. So let's dive right in. 49ers, we all know how the story went. 2018, right? Um, We had Jimmy Garoppolo. The season before the Super Bowl, right? 49ers sucked. And trust me, I am a diehard 49ers fan. I can't make that up enough. Um, you know, I got all the nail of the games. You know, I'm part of the group, I'm part of the support group. I'm part of all the groups for 49ers. And when I tell you, man, we suck so bad that it broke my heart. And I rooted, I stayed rooting, you know, kept going, stayed faithful. I was like, we can do this. It got so bad that when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, that is a crazy possible career ending injury that is very difficult to come back from. A lot of players have come back from torn ACLs. Um, I remember Tom Brady had a torn ACL. Um, Of course, Julian Edelman did his documentary, you know, really showcasing the journey of his torn ACL. Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL actually in 2018 in the game against Kansas City. Oddly enough, um, it was his left knee and we were, I, I was brokenhearted for him. I was like, oh my gosh, no, we just got him. We just paid all this money for him. He trained under Tom Brady. This was our shot. This was our chance. That wasn't going to be our year. And it wasn't, um, the backup quarterback came off the bench. We didn't do much, unfortunately. And then it wasn't until the backup of the backup came off the bench and he did amazing. Like he helped us win like I think two or three games. There was a chemistry going on out there. I was really proud of the backup to the backup. And my sister jokes, we always say you got to watch out not for the backup quarterback, but for the backup of the backup quarterback. Now used to be back then you just watch out for the backup. Now you got to watch out for the backup of the backup because they really want to play. So, you know, that happened and, you know, it was a rough season and, as soon as, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, you know, went through his rehab, he trained, um, he came back. My biggest thing was he wasn't even 100%. But the real question is, is any player ever 100% in the NFL? I mean, we see them bounce back from injuries and things like that. But is any player ever really 100%? I I mean, watching interviews and listening to, you know, the old time retired players, no player is ever 100%. I think even when you get drafted into the NFL, you're not 100%. Once you start experiencing those injuries, you're now working twice as hard to not only perform, but also to overcompensate for screws or stitches or, you know, kind of weird bone repairs in your body. 
you know, I, I didn't, you know, I was in high school, of course, and I ran track and the worst injury for any track runner at that time was a pulled hamstring. I know there's an athlete out there laughing at me right now who does play football and he's probably like, torn hamstring ain't nothing. It was in track when I was there a while, long time ago back, you know, when. And actually, it was my right hamstring. Um, I was doing a 200 meters during practice. I was coming around the bend of the curve. Of course, you know, you're supposed to lean for all my track people that love football that are listening to this. And as I leaned and I hit the 100 yard meters, I opened up my stride and I went down. And my coach said she saw a mile away. And she was like, I just knew. And that was terrible because that was my senior year, um, going to my senior year, the beginning of the season. I was really looking forward to all the, you know, districts, regionals. It was around that time. It was, I was doing well, I was performing well, I was training hard. And I went down. Dude, that crap hurt. And I remember Yuko, shout out to Yuko. She was the trainer at the time when I was in high school. And I, I don't know what she took from um, the place where she worked. It was this little, you know, medical like thing that had patches to it and you turn the dial and some electric you know things come out and my legs started fluttering I know for all my medical professionals are like Ashley that's not very good but it worked it apparently healed the damage or torn tissue and then she used some weird like gel light to kind of view it and look at it and I was out for like four weeks they thought I wasn't going to be coming back we were right around districts and regional time and I was in a relay, which is four people. And I was in a four by one and I was in my 200 meters. This was my chance. I was running against Treehern at the time, who was one of the fastest people. And she qualified for like state. This girl went on. She's probably really running track at this time. I know we're all old now, but like still. But like it was because of that I had to do rehabilitation. I remember I had to go to the gym while everybody else was going to the track. So I say that because, you know, thinking about an ACL tear, which is 20 million times worse than what I had and the training I had to go through just come back from pull hamstring at the time during like you know competition and thinking about Jimmy Garoppolo and his tear I just sometimes wonder a little bit what his rehabilitation process looked like if it wasn't for Julian Edelman I don't think we would know really what athletes have to go through to come back from that but I'll save injuries and training and I'll even you know get some good dialogue from you know another athlete who's really been through it who is a football player I think that would make for a great episode one day because I'm really curious about that when you think about that I mean he came back and he wasn't 100% but he was performing Eh, there's a lot of debate about whether Jimmy G is you know top 10 quarterback level status and performance I love 49ers I wouldn't put Jimmy G as top 10 I maybe would say in the top 25 um that's not harsh is it that's not harsh no I could be worse I mean because if you look at okay so compared to when he first started he was moving out the pocket like he would run the ball move out the pocket he's not the fastest that's fine um, he doesn't have like the hardest core arm, but I think what he does have is if he really, really studies and works hard, I think he can become, you know, up in the top 10. I think the potential is there. And if you look just at his stats during that year, just this last year when they went to the Super Bowl, just over this last um, season, his completion rate was 69.1%, and he had 27 touchdowns. Guess how many interceptions he had, though? 13. And I think like three or four of those 
came from the Super Bowl alone in the second half because here's what I think happened, you guys. This is from a fan who's watched every game, wish she could have gone to a few games. Because when I went to go see the 49ers play, Jimmy was out. He was injured. He was not on the field when I saw them play. So that's how long ago I went. That was the season before last, before the last one. So what they're all talking about right now, everybody in the sports world, when we talk about the 49ers, we talk about how he spent the latter part of that season, honestly, handing off the ball to his running back. They were like, in one of the playoff games, he threw the ball one time, I think it was. And they got, they dogged him a little bit. They were just like, this guy is a quarterback. How do you feel knowing you literally only threw the ball once in an entire four quarter game? You threw the ball like one time and every touchdown that happened came from you handing the ball to somebody and them running. And I was like, look, if the play works, they're going to run the play. If you think about what he has out there on the field, you know, offensive wise, the 49ers look so amazing. They look so good. You have, you know, George Kittle, who is in the top two of tight ends right now in the league. This guy is responsible for a good number of touchdowns. They literally, it took five people to, like, take him down when he caught the ball and was running it down. This is a big dude. Um, and then you look at, he has Samuel out there as a wide receiver. Sanders as a wide receiver. Bourne as a wide receiver, whose name I just love because I think of Jason Bourne, my favorite movie. But anyway, let's take a step back. Let me not go, you know, full left. Point is, is that he has weapons. I just need him. And we drafted one more out of the NFL draft. I just need him to get out there and practice because the biggest concern or problem that I have is when you take half your season and do a play method of running the ball and that's how you're scoring your touchdowns. That's how you're winning games. And then decide you want to switch it up randomly and say, okay, I'm going to allow you to start throwing the ball, Jimmy G. He hasn't really practiced throwing the ball for a while because my guess is those were the plays that you were practicing in practice. So that means he really wasn't working on building a connection with the wide receivers. The wide receivers were chilling. There was a few times he overthrew it. There was a few times he wasn't paying attention to the field. And I was just like, this performance really broke my heart in a Super Bowl. And, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Sherman who joined the team. I was so hyped when Sherman joined the team. Anybody else? I was super hyped when he joined our team. But y'all, <laughs> that whole debate about him not being able to cover certain um, players on a defensive side, <sighs> well, him being on defense and him on offense. I, I'm just, I'm waiting for Sherman to get that interception. I feel like the opportunity will come one day and he's going to get it for me because I was looking for it in the last few games. I didn't see it. I was just he. But one thing I love about Sherman is he sticks up for his team. He sticks up for his quarterback. He's a team player, and that's one thing I do love about his work ethic and how he is. So shout out to him. Honestly, in all retrospect, he was like losing the Super Bowl was not Garoppolo's fault. Of course, it's not Garoppolo's fault. Can we remind you that it's a team sport? This is all a team sport. It's never one person's fault. It takes more than one person to lose such an important game. Because if you look at it at the end of the day, you can't give up. I don't care how many points you're down. When the Patriots were playing the Atlanta Falcons, no offense, I quit halfway before the second half. I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to come back. I looked at my dad and my mom, my sister. We were all like, all right, pack up our stuff, get our food, make our plates. You know, let's head home. 
And I just kept driving. I was like so mad because we, we picked sides during that game. We were just like, who do you got? Oh, we're going to go for the underdog, the Atlanta Falcons. Mom, dad, the Atlanta Falcons are not the underdog in this game. The Patriots are. But whatever. Tiffy and I are going to go for the Patriots. We always do because, like, we are diehard fans of our own teams. But when our teams don't make it to the playoffs or our teams don't make it to the Super Bowl, we pick a side. Nine times out of ten, that was always the Patriots, so we picked the Patriots because we respect Tom Brady. Shout out to Tom Brady. Point is, is that when I left, I was like, there's no way the Patriots going to come back. It was like 28. We had eyes. 28 to 3, I think it was. And I woke up the next morning, and the alert said Patriots won a Super Bowl. And I said, how sway? How? So if the Patriots can come, now granted, I I digress, you guys. Patriots have Tom Brady and all that other stuff. I get it. I get it. But the 49ers, when they work together as a team, that's how I watch them win games. So when I feel like they're starting to become a gap in the story, you were leading by 10 points in a Super Bowl, 49ers, and then halfway through the second half, it's kind of like you didn't really – I hate to say, just from my perspective as a fan watching on a TV, I was just like, what's going on? It feels like they're just like doing anything. Like we're just going to throw spaghetti against the wall and pray it works. Because again, Kansas City started to score. And when they started to catch up, that's when they were just like, we got to get creative. No, you got to keep playing football. Do you want to win or do you want to win? And that's kind of what I was thinking when I was watching that game. So when I needed the defense to step up, first of all, I'm not going to get too hard on defense because they got Bosa, and Bosa was doing his part. Bruh is a savage. He's a beast. Like, I'm telling you right now, I'm excited to watch him play. I'm not even going to even, yeah, you know. I'm just excited to watch him play because he's a beast where he's at with his position. So shout out to him because he holds it down. But I feel like when it came to coverage, in the main field, even when they were doing man-to-man, I feel like some people failed to do their job. If everybody does their job, I sound a little bit like a Patriots fan. I'm not, though. But I believe in it. If everybody does their job and works together as a team, in the words of one of the players, I can't remember who it was when I was watching a highlight, we said, if everybody here just decides to do one great thing, we can come back from this. I felt like that was the moment for the Patriots to hold, not the Patriots, the 49ers to hold that lead, and they could have, and they didn't, and we lost. So now the real question is learning from our mistakes, right? Learning from our mistakes. The real question is now, can the 49ers go back to the Super Bowl? They are in the top contenders to return. But now that we, you know, kind of are looking at things from the perspective of Jimmy G, what is your offseason training at? What is the perspective that they have now, you know, because this is redemption time. This is redemption season. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like when you have that one team, they win the Super Bowl, lose the Super Bowl, then they go back to the Super Bowl. It's redemption time. You lost. We lost. I say we because we're in this together, okay? Anywho, um, we lost. So now what are we going to do about it? I personally think to answer that question in the minds of many others who are listening to this, I think they have what it takes. I think that they should really challenge Jimmy with passing, let him pass the ball more, work on that relationship with his wide receivers. He's got three four got George Kittle and the defense is going to do their part we just I think even added to our defense on top of that if I'm not mistaken with a draft from the NFL so um from the that we did in the NFL draft so I just truly believe that we have what it takes but it's really going to look at you know with Kyle Shanahan as our coach guy is a genius except for in the fourth quarter that was savage I'm sorry you guys 
I just need to see that genius in a little bit more in the fourth quarter. And I know I heard the rumors about, you know, that pick that was thrown in the Seahawks. And certain people were, you know, the decision. No, it wasn't even that one. It was he was the offensive coach at the time for the Atlanta Falcons when they lost the game to the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I'm talking about like decisions like that. Like, I don't even know. I feel like in fourth quarter, one team's going to start making really bad decisions and it's going to show and it's going to cost them the game. I feel like that's what happened with the Falcons. That's what happened with the Seahawks. That's what happened with the 49ers. I don't want that to happen again. Point blank period on that. So, yes, they do have what it takes to answer my question. I'm really interested to see how Jimmy's going to be training, what his relationship's going to be like with the wide receivers. Is he becoming a leader? I think that's so important, and I'm not going to lie. I don't really see that in him. They'll say he doesn't have it, but I feel like any true player who loves the game has the potential to be a leader if they really want to be. So that's my challenge to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he can do it. I'm interested to see what that's going to look like. Now, going switching gears a little bit, Kansas City, the new dynasty. You guys, this question. Because, I mean, you know how we had Tom Brady and Belichick. I mean, are we saying the new dynasty is now in Kansas City? Does anyone else also feel like Travis Kelsey kind of stepped out in the forefront now? Like, we have, we heard from Patrick Mahomes for like 15 seconds, and then, you know, Travis Kelsey's doing all the interviews now. And I'm like, Patrick Mahomes was a quarterback. But anywho, that's neither here nor there. I don't know. I'm starting to get kind of curious as to whether that's a a new dynasty over there. I also think the fact that they had to break this quote-unquote curse of theirs um, was a good motivator. I'm curious to see how they're going to play because, you know, that chip on your shoulder now, you know, do they are they going to be that one record team that wins and great we go back to you know semi making the playoffs and then digressing off from there are they going to become that new dynasty where they're all where the Super Bowl is their new home address like it was for the Patriots which unfortunately is probably not going to be for the Patriots anymore I'm just going to say that now Um, it's again going to be interesting to watch those are my you know takes on it again from a woman who secretly loves the game and watches it and you know does a little bit of research behind it so join me again soon um, we're going to start recording these episodes periodically every Sunday so they will post and be ready for you to listen to during a week on your drive to work as you know many states are opening back up be safe out there protect yourselves if you're not feeling well stay home I can't stress that enough um, and listen to podcasts because that's a great thing to do as you're trying to get better and get plenty of rest drink lots of water all right thank you guys again for joining me I ran a little bit over time But it was a great conversation with myself from my living room to your ears, wherever you are. I'll see you for or talk to you for another episode of Not Your Average Cheerleader. Until next time.